0: This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by Religious Refugees, Deconstructing Towards Spiritual and Emotional Healing. Have you been questioning your faith and spiritual beliefs while leaving the familiarity of your religious homeland? Have you been negatively affected by toxic religion, knowing in your heart of hearts there must be a more liberating spiritual way? Have you experienced loneliness, isolation, and fear of rejection from religious others just because you are a more inclusive, creative, and expansive person? Join the legion of others on the road to healing and self-discovery, and let Dr. Mark Karras' book, Religious Refugees, be your guide.
1: Bible's got you tied in knots. If you're burdened with religious thoughts, come grab a drink and join the choir. It's Heretic
2: Happy Hour.
3: Well, 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 here we are again. Welcome back to the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. We are continuing the fabulous Two Fab for Florida series um which has been so much fun and so much more fun is on the way um i am one of your many co-hosts keith giles i'm the author of the uh, jesus Un series of books about deconstruction and reconstruction and the recently released solideus what if god is all of us i am joined by my fabulous co-hosts um who are they katie shonda and matthew sometimes matthew say hi
1: who am i i feel like you've opened this up to an existential question <laughs> but i'm gonna avoid that <laughs> I'm Katie Valentine. I am the creator and founder of the Metaphysical Christian Facebook group, where we talk about all things woo and spirituality. I also play the harp, in case you didn't know. Uh, I'm having a ton of fun with this series, so I can't wait to get into it today.
4: I am Shonda Ja. You can find me over at Substack, where I am writing about joy in justice. And I remain too fab for Florida.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: We all remain too fab for Florida, and I am sometimes Matt. I am, well, I'm more regular Matt these days, but (laughs) uh, sometimes Matt is very, very fitting. And uh, before we get uh, rolling, I just want to remind everyone that it is always helpful to rate and review your favorite podcasts. That's how folks like us find folks like you. Who are just looking for their new favorite show? So, whether you listen on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever, please, in whatever means possible, go offer a rating. And if you do, you can email me at matthewac at choir.com, Q U O I R.com, after you give a rating and review, and I will send you a free ebook. Q Q uh, uh, raucous applause. Um, yeah. So please do that. I can't promise that you'll like it, but it will be in (laughs) your inbox anyway. It'll be great. It'll It'll be be great. great. It'll be perfect. So please do that. And, um, I, we would all really appreciate that. And so let's get into this lovely second part of this two fab for Florida series.
1: Um, And just in case anyone doesn't know what to write in a review, you know, if you get if you get brain freeze, writer's block, all you have to write is I'm also too fabulous for Florida Shonda has given you your review. All you have to do is write that into the, you know, into the little uh, box on whatever Apple, Spotify, we'll know exactly what you mean, you will be part of the insider crowd. Um, So part of what we're talking about in this series is um, drag queens, like the art of drag. So I thought it might be helpful to define that. So this is a really sophisticated definition I'm about to give from Wikipedia. All right. So I'm going to credit um, the genius of Wikipedia with what I'm about to say. A drag queen is a person, usually male, who uses drag clothing and makeup to imitate and often exaggerate female gender signifiers and gender roles for entertainment purposes. Historically, drag queens have been, have. His, but one is, once again, historically, drag queens have usually been gay men and have been part of gay culture. So this is your standard definition. As we know, um, any kind of artistic form like this takes a definition and then blows it out of the water. Uh, so what else do we want to say about uh, the art of drag?
4: Which is exactly what our guest is going to do today. Okay. Um I think it's important to note that part of the reason we wanted to make sure to lift up some drag queens is that's been one of the most visible ways in which uh, attacks on basic civil rights in the LGBTQ community have been showing up in states across the country. You've probably heard about the drag bans. You've probably heard that they've been so rushedly written that um, they are laws that the people who are passing them might get arrested under because they are so vague that like... A yeah. woman wearing a whole bunch of makeup and looking incredibly feminine could get technically get arrested under a drag ban. Um, they've been really particularly going after uh, drag um, drag uh, book readings, uh, you know, yeah. story time. Thank you. Drag story hours at public libraries. Um, if we have time for a quick story of uh, when I was in, um, hungry with my mom, Uh, we were talking to a tour guide who was like, and I said, I'm really sorry, your guy just got reelected. We've we've had a guy very much like that. And she's like, he's awful. It's terrifying. And she said, I didn't realize it was that bad in America. And I said, oh yeah, they've started like just today, somebody tried to blow up a public library in my community uh, because there was a drag story hour and she said, What are what do they object to? Um and I said, Well, they object to gay people, they object to drag. And my mother, in her dry Scottish wit, said, they object to reading.
0: Yes. That's the truth. There's no lie (laughs) detective. Exactly. Check, check,
1: Uh, check. That's right. Yeah, we're going to get into all this and more. We have a fabulous drag queen for you. If you've ever wanted to know how drag, um, capitalism, anti capitalism, and socialism go together, you will not be disappointed.
2: It's the heretic of the week. Hello, my name is Lady Saint Candelie Warhol, Lady Liberty Dada Marx, and I have often been called a heretic.
3: Hi, Hi, Carly, Hi. Lady Liberty, <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So. Oh, oh, we lost. Hold on, talking we lost. Shonda. Oh.
3: What the heck? Oh. Right there at the beginning.
2: Dang it. See, they're on to me. I'm telling you, they're coming for me. Quick. There, they are. See. Yeah. <laughs> they're already hacking our systems. <laughs>
4: So Carly, I am thrilled that you're here. I saw you as part of a panel on drag and spirituality and it was just super impressed. You had a whole bunch of wisdom you were dropping and um, engaging faith and engaging justice and engaging uh, economics, uh, which is not something I am uh, always used to folks in the drag community engaging. And I was just delighted by all of it. So I, am thrilled. I know that at the end of the show, you're going to have a big announcement for us. We're all very excited for all of our listeners to get to hear it and to be the first to hear it. But to start with, um, give us your full name one more time. You dropped all of it, but go slow. Is there a story behind the name? Uh, Do you have any previous drag names we should know about? Tell us about the evolution of the name that you're working with.
2: Yes. Uh first of all, thank you all so much for having me in this space. Like I truly am honored, blessed, grateful just to be finding this giant community of whatever the hell we are. <laughs> um healing. We're just healing. We want to make the world better and we see the wrongs and we um are doing what Christianity is what we thought it was supposed to be yeah. doing, which is true justice and true mm-hmm. um freedom and liberation for all people everywhere. Um, and fighting for peace. so thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Lady Carly Dada Marks, and i um I've had many lives. i've I've lived many eras. Uh, <laughs> I've had many journeys in this world. Um, my first name was Democratic um as a emerging drag artist, you know, just starting to watch Rupaul. Um, came out of the closet when I was eighteen. And, you know, drag was a little scary at first. I wasn't sure about it, but I really just fell in love with season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and that's kind of when I started following drag and just wanted to play with it myself um, yeah. and explore gender and explore my queerness. And I I've, I've felt so much um, empowerment in those post-2016 years of uh, just finding myself um, and feeling freer every day and, and resisting against all these gross, oppressive, fascist forces in our world. Yeah. Um, and so that's how Carly was born. She's the female Karl Marx, but make <laughs> it 21st century, make it 2023. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So she's shifting, evolving, running on the run, on the move, on the go, meditating when she can and uh, praying every day. Um, and so now she's going by many names or no names at all. I don't even know what's gonna be next. I don't know. But you know, we're we're thinking post identity here. We're thinking we're thinking 2043. We're wow. thinking way ahead into the future. This is a lifelong project for me. I love it.
3: Yeah. I really I like the uh, the fluidity of it too. And like it can just be anything you need it to be at any moment, right? That's really cool.
2: Absolutely. Um I adopted the name Dada as a playoff of Dada Art. Mm-hmm. which is deeply political um, with leftist slash communist slash liberation theologies um, and manifestos um, and um, my love of Lady Gaga, like Lady Gaga is oh, like my queen. Why did I not make that
4: connection? Oh, lady. <laughs> but it's such a,
2: and and that's part of the Dada. Um, it's it's a fun play on like the English language, you know, Dada, blah, blah, just Dada poetry, Dada, um, Sound poetry, just Mm -hmm. rambling and like primal screams, and just getting all the, the art out. And so that's sort of how my drag is too. My my, I do paintings as well on large canvases, and I just like to put Barbie heads into the painting, or glass, or mash up a CD and put that into the paint, or go grab a rock outside. But that's what Dada artists did, and and everything that I'm doing is nothing new. It's all been done before. Lady Gaga copied Madonna for the first 20, 10 years of her career, you know, and it's not even that like Madonna was recycling Marilyn Monroe and, you know, it's all just a recycling. So we're all telling our story from our perspective, how we see the world. So I am just loving coming into knowing who I am and sharing my story with the the world because people, people call me a heretic, but they, (laughs) as I feel like as you know, capitalism is unfortunately getting stronger and stronger and stronger and it's hard to see the world without capitalism yeah um Mm -hmm. I just I know that my drag and my whatever persona is going to gain popularity and Mm -hmm. people call me crazy for that my friends call me crazy for that but (laughs) I'm just like look at me I'm on a podcast mom like (laughs) shout out shout out to mom and grandma and my bro like yeah Yeah. this is cool
1: (laughs) For those listeners who have never been lucky enough to attend a drag show, um, can you just tell us like what is drag and like the what and the why a little bit of drag as a big concept, and, and then we're going to hear a bit more about your story uh, shortly.
2: Oh, what is drag? The the, the artist. Question. Like, what is art? What is the artist? Question. Ooh. What is drag? <laughs> um, to me, drag is like the final art form it's the walking art that you put on your body whether it's makeup or what you whatever you don't you know RuPaul's song we're all born naked and the rest is drag Mm. um Mm. my background is politics and policy and organizing and Donald Trump was the best drag queen of 2016 (laughs) um I hate to say it like (laughs) I didn't yeah you know Hillary was great but she didn't win so like she wasn't sorry um
3: he had more product <laughs> in his hair, I think. That was part of it. And, and, and to me,
2: <laughs> right, and the the tan, it's just a lot of drag that. going on. Oh, us. yeah. Um, Sasha Valore, if you don't know who that is, she won RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9. Um, bald queen, iconic. I look up to her a lot. She helped me fall in love with myself and drag as well. But she said recently on a podcast with Dua Lipa that drag is... Um, I'm like, what did she say? She said drag is like, she mentioned that like some of the earliest rituals in religion are drag. Like Mm -hmm. like, think about the priests and their Mm -hmm. giant cloaks Mm -hmm. and the performance of it all. Drag is really performance. um, Mm -hmm. And it's what you do with what you have around you, what makeup you put on, what clothes you put on, the material things you have around you. So drag is a really beautiful way to see where people come from, who they are. Uh, what they choose to put on them, what they don't choose to put on them, or how they choose to act, how they choose to talk, not
5: talk—it's
2: mm-hmm. all. Pol- it's all politics. It's all. It's all just very fascinating and sociological, in my perspective. It's a, and it's art. It's just pure art.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
2: go to a show and throw some money at the the people performing <laughs> because it's labor and it's beautiful, and you will feel which is what I feel like we all are dying to feel for. <laughs> we're trying to feel, we're trying to feel deep.
4: Absolutely. And I feel like you're already beginning to kind of tap into the the question I was going to ask. So you know that this is part of a series that we're calling uh, Too Fab for Florida. Um, and part of the reason I was excited to bring you on is in this particular social moment, I think there's a lot of attacks on drag, right? There's anti-queer legislation, anti-trans, anti-black, anti-immigrant. And there's also all of these drag bans, right? Um, And I feel like a number of pundits have pointed out that the drag bans are written in such a way that some of the people who are advocating for them would actually be uh, banned under them, right? Because um, sometimes they say, you know, too much makeup, you know, looking too feminine, but they don't actually say you have to be a cisgendered man. Uh, And so it's kind of hilarious that there's a lot of drag bands that would hit homecoming Queens real hard. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I wonder if you have thoughts about what is so threatening about drag that there are these pieces of legislation going on or better yet, What's so amazing about drag that has the religious right freaking out right now?
2: I get freaking hat. Sorry, I get fucking hashtag heated <laughs> when I when I start to think about high level politics and what leaders are doing in this country. Um, they know the power they have. Mm-hmm. They know the influence they have, and I get. I just get so angry. But I am. <laughs> Um, presidential (laughs) and I am a lady. So I am going to keep it hashtag cool and give you an eloquent answer on what I think about the current state of queer trans politics in America. Mm. And that is that this is not a new story. Like this is something that's been done over and over again throughout history um, from Politicians on the right, politicians in the middle and politicians uh, on the liberal left. Um, both Democratic Party and the Republican Party serve the interests of the ruling class and the interest of the ruling class in our country and in our economic system is capitalism. And capitalism is about the material conditions of what people have. People love to put things into dollar signs but they just keep hijacking those dollar signs up and up and up and up and nothing makes sense anymore. It's all getting really weird and fast and things are boiling, boiling, boiling. Right. You all feel it? Cause I, I feel it. I feel my generation coming to do the work. Like we're, we're showing up and we're coming. And that's what I hope to do with my drag, my, my, my life. Um, I just want to connect and network as many people together to unite us because we, the, literal 99% or the 50% of America, 60% of America that have literally no wealth um, who are living paycheck to paycheck where 20% of our children in this country are going to bed, starving, mostly predominantly, you know, black, Brown, non-white, you know, trans queer, throw all the oppression markers. Like this, this is fucked up beyond belief. And we're so desensitized to it because of the the mass trauma every single day from gun violence to um, systemic like denial of healthcare or um, denial of gender affirming surgeries and bans of conversion. There's just so much, there's so much complexity to it all. Right. And it's, it's hard and scary to talk about. Um, So just know that we know what they're doing. We're not, we're not dumb and we're organizing and we're, we're fighting back and we're building people power on the ground in communities, um, revolution style. So,
5: mm-hmm.
2: um, I can't remember what your original question was just like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I just, the, to the, to politicians who are leading the fight against LGBTQ hate, um, or leading the fight, whatever who are leading the fight, um, against our people and the liberation and freedom of our people. We see you, we know what you're doing and we're going to do everything we can to stop you. Um, Period.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a theory? Because, I mean, so one of the things I hear in what you're saying is, like, they're pretending to be anxious, but really they're just trying to garner power. What is it? What is it, though, if you if you do uh, think there's anything that is potentially threatening about drag to the people who are raising such a fuss, what would it be?
2: How fucking popular we are and how That's fucking true. beautiful and free we are. And and this is... Ugh. Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, even people on the right or the left and the left and the right, forget your... Po- whatever. Like... Figure out the shit inside your head and your heart, and and heal your demons with your God, because you hate us so much because we're so free and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there's either two things you want to do. Sorry, you either want to fuck us or either want to fuck us. <laughs> like you want to fuck us over or you want to bend us over and fuck us. Yeah. It's the truth. Like yeah. I'm sorry. Like they are Ugh. jealous. They are ugly and they are nasty. Yeah. And we're beautiful and free, baby.
5: <laughs> it's so all jealousy.
3: I, I, yeah, it is. So I wonder too, though, on the political side of things, like, is it, is it really, I mean, I know, I know the rhetoric is that they, they want to paint, you know, this whole, the, the drag shows and this kind of stuff, and uh, as this is dangerous, and, and, and it's so threatening, and we have, to, well, is it really, though? I don't even know if they believe that, because I, mm-hmm. I wonder if, and I'm curious what you think about this, like, or is it really just a misdirection? Like, mm-hmm. you know, look at what happened in Tennessee, right? They had this awful school shooting at a Christian school. And what did they mobilize to do to protect mm-hmm. children after that shooting? They made it illegal to have drag shows. Oh, like, I was sure as you were going to say was they the real banned problem.
4: guns. I was convinced that was Wouldn't
3: what was going to you think, next. I mean, you would have thought, Gosh but no. Huh. So it, I mean, doesn't it come across? I mean, it seems to me almost like what they're doing is, um, what our, a lot of our politicians are doing is they're saying, you know, there are real problems right in in their communities, real problems that we're dealing with, poverty, um, education, um gun violence, like all kinds of stuff. these are actual problems, and but they don't seem to be motivated to solve those problems. So instead they'll invent something that is a misdirection, and then oh, with well that they can solve they, and look at us, we fixed the problem. It's not a real problem, but if they'll invent a problem that they can that they, they can give the appearance that they've solved the problem. So they can say, look at us, we're productive, right? And what do you think about that? Do you think it's like, is it like a smokescreen? Are they just trying to misdirect from their inability to solve real problems?
2: Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> those who control the media control the mind. Yeah. Those who control the narrative, uh, historicization, those who rewrite history in their favor, um, they control the narrative. And that's what uh, you know they've always been doing. That's what the people who want power will always do Mm -hmm. there's been moments in American history where we have gotten power but you have to take power you know like I think about just the civil rights movement and the modern gay queer movement in the 60s and the feminist movement and just like the rise of all these movements coming together and like that was so beautiful but the U.S. government was so reactionary and what did they do they murdered people and leaders and fragmented communities with drugs and um, you know, took away resources from wherever to just deprive people. It's, it's, it's systemic violence, but because we live, um, there's just, there's been such a shift in the optics of violence since the seventies. You know, the rise of mass incarceration is modern day slavery. Uh, the new Jim Crow. Um, there's, it's it's all it's all theater, and this is what I think is so interesting with my background because I studied politics and I worked heavily in the Democratic Party in, in Michigan, uh, where I'm originally from. I, it's a show. People know what they're doing. They know how they have to perform. They know whose hands they have to shake. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's about money. Um, I wanted to. I was thinking this when you were talking about this, Keith. A budget is a moral document yes. mm-hmm. of priorities. Mm-hmm. And we are still operating off of a constitution written in whatever the fuck, whatever, back in heyday by those dumbass motherfuckers. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's a
4: plantation constitution. There's no getting around That's it. That's
2: right. I've never heard that phrase, but I love that. I'm going to use that and uh steal it go ahead and, and sig- like
4: then mm-hmm. signal
2: boost that out there <laughs> yeah. um yeah we just have so much work to do and that's why a common critique among um or i guess a common thing people will say people in power will say about leftists or organizers or communists whatever you want to call us you know the working class um is that we are unorganized, or that we are we don't connect the theory with the practice? But I learned that quickly, and I'm like, let's connect them. That's why we're here, and that's the the popular Karl Fr- Karl Marx phrase: like the the philosophers interpret of the world. The point is to change it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and and that's what we're gonna do. Like we're going to think, think, think really hard about really scary big violent topics and we're going to put that into practice and do the things that we need to do so let's do it
1: yep. <laughs> if um can you take us kind of back to the beginning and we would love to hear your story um from how you initially got into drag you mentioned rupaul season seven i think that was, that was the first it. one yeah I, I did a quick search yeah. back in 2009 yeah um, yeah so how did how did you get into this world tell us a bit of your story
2: so I was born um, from a man and a woman in Grand <laughs> Rapids, Michigan in 2000. Oh, sorry. 1995. Holy shit. Um, I'm currently 28 uh, spins around the sun on this little blue dot in this universe. And um, my background is, you know, very working class. My family, my dad didn't graduate high school. My mom didn't go to college, so I'm a first generation college student building in, building something for my family and my the life I see in my future. Um, I've always wanted to move to Chicago and kind of living the dream here. It's just the beautiful city in the Midwest, and I can run home to my family if I need to quickly. Um, and yeah, so I I went to school in Michigan, um, community college, then Michigan State. Got involved in politics and organizing and um, was really heavily involved with like Democratic, uh, you know, Democratic Party stuff in Michigan. Um, I worked really heavily on the current governor's campaign of Michigan in the early days of it to help her get elected, um, which was really exciting and just showed me the power that I have, that I can do the things that I want to do in this world and help good people get elected and do powerful work. Um, But I've always like I said, I always wanted to get to Chicago. So I moved here finally. I was a high school teacher in Chicago for special ed students, the greatest job I ever had, also the hardest job I ever had. Um, And then I worked really heavily here in city government and city politics and organizing and stuff and kind of fell in love with art again because I needed that world to express my anger and frustration and um, sadness and escape from the capitalist hellhole that is is the world (laughs) that we sometimes have to live in to make money. And, um, yeah, I finally left that. And, um, I'm currently working as, uh, a nonprofit for LGBTQ, um, rights, um, specifically focusing on youth and, um, their rights and what they deserve in this world, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. (laughs) Um, and those don't mean what our founding fathers meant them to be, but we all know what we're talking about when we say those things. Um, a big part of my story is when I was 21 in 2016, my younger sister passed away. She was 16 years old. Uh, her name's Alyssa and she was in a car accident and it was really abrupt and scary. And, you know, she's my greatest teacher and with me every single day. And <sighs> thank you all for being here and letting me talk about this and sharing her story because it's a big part of who I am. And I grew up very Catholic and very spiritual and I loved the church when I was younger, my busha and my grandma, um, both very deeply Catholic Polish Catholic and Holy Roman Catholic, like to the core. Um, so I have, you know, my Saint paintings and my crucifixes and my knickknacks everywhere. Um, but 2016 was a life changing year for me, which ties into my story as well with Carly. Like, I was radicalized not only in the political sense, but earlier that year, before Trump was elected, when we didn't think Trump was going to be elected, um, my my younger sister passed away. So it felt like my entire world was taken away, and it just felt like a flash bomb of a year. And I have always been happy and just bright, and I know what I want to do in this world and this life, and just be me. Um, I love music. I love art. I love, I just love life. I love to live and I love to help people find that in themselves too. So I am so blessed and lucky that I had such a great community of family and friends and so much love surrounded me um, and just support. Like I'm I'm truly privileged and blessed and lucky for the support that I've had. So everyone knows who they are, who has been there from um, the early days back down to like deep in where I'm from, you know. To here in Chicago now. I am just blessed for I'm a mosaic of everyone I've ever met, and I'm so lucky to share my story with as many people as I get to share it with.
4: And I know that when we got a chance to talk, you had mentioned spiritualities always mattered to you. You've been doing drag for a long time. You've been out for 10 years. You're deeply involved in the work of justice. Those didn't always seem like they could cohabit spirituality and drag and justice. And they're beginning to coalesce in some really important ways for you. Do, do you see, do you see connections among those things and how do they show up? Uh, I know you had mentioned when you got confirmed, there was a particular saint that you called on, which feels so germane. I wonder if you'd be willing to share a little bit about all of that.
2: So, when I was younger, like I mentioned, I really loved the church. Like I loved, <laughs> like it's kind of embarrassing how much like my mom would laugh about it. Cause I would just like love going to church. I'd love getting like rosaries or like statues or just little religious knickknacks. And I blame my grandma's like, I really do. Cause they just had that all over the house, you know? And, um, but when I started getting older and learning like, you know, about the real world and the impacts of Christianity and colonization and, um genocide and just the just the history of the world i and my and my queerness and how they hated that i just yeah. mm-hmm. i was so sad and scared that i i went like agnostic atheic I, I never was like f- atheist i never went fully atheist because like i've always felt spiritual and like something very like my name yeah my name is a saint's name my like uh my confirmation saint when i was younger was saint francis of assisi mm-hmm. and he I loved him because he was all about the animals and the plants and the earth, but I'm having these like weird reconnections where I'm finding him in my life again, as I get older, because he was this fucking crazy heretic who stripped <laughs> down yeah. to his bare naked butt and gave up all his wealth and went and lived in the caves. And was this clown who nailed holes in his hands to be like, look at me guys. <laughs> like, look what happened. Yeah. Like that's the greatest art performance since Jesus. And <laughs> yeah. that's why the Pope gave him a whole new Catholic order. <laughs> so like, yeah, I just so he I have him tattooed on my arm up here, but I can't show you right now because he's covered, but he, yeah, it's just like I'm going to these LGBTQ masses at the Catholic Church near me in Chicago, like I'm just like, oh my God, like there's a way to be queer
5: mm-hmm.
2: and Catholic that feels right to you, and you can have your own specific individual version like that is mm. the whole point of your faith and your God yeah. and your religion with God. God is inside of you. Yeah. Your quote unquote, Holy spirit is God connected with God. Yeah. Jesus. We'll talk about him later, but God and the Holy spirit, same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it's all connecting. It's all full circle. Life is a circle. I'm just, I'm 28. So my Saturn is returning. I'm like, wow, Wisdom. I'm here. I'm like, I'm seeing the full picture of life. And like, I feel like I know where I come from. I see where I am right now. And I just see the path in front of me. And part of that is because of my Catholic identity. Um, I've been calling it post Catholic lately. And then part of it is my, um, my queerness, my queer identity. And, you know, someday the word queer, It might already not even mean what it means to the people who created that word, but, like, that's part of my persona and thing, too. Like, I love talking about words and what they actually mean to people because language and how we talk with each other and the words we choose with each other are very important. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't remember the original question. I rant, I'm ranting. I'm <laughs> ranting. No, no, you're you're great. I'm prophesizing. <laughs>
1: you no, know, with with Saint Francis, it's it's fun to think about. Francis as like a a queer drag draggy mm-hmm. saint. Yeah. Um, but that I had a, a mentor once who said, you know, it was the ultimate act also of like teen defiance because he was, you know, I don't know, 16, 17, when he threw off his clothes, told his father, I'm not doing what you want, and then goes and lives this ascetic <laughs> life. I wonder if he knew what he was getting into um, at the time. But there's, you know, we do, you pointed out, we do have a long history of um, people in sacred professions being playful with gender. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of crossing, crossing gender roles, etc. Um, and you, you kind of mentioned that and uh, briefly alluded to it—that long history. But I'm curious: is that important for you? Is that something that um, that you tap into for your own own drag? Um, I don't know what the right word is—drag life, persona. Is that it doesn't feel like a persona; it feels deeper than that. But art. Ours, mm-hmm. yes. It's art. just
2: our. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I've been, I've been thinking lately about these ideas of as I get older and connect the dots more. Um, just how much taboo there is around taboo, and like how much we learn of that in the early days of our religion, and how much shame we get pumped into us to sort of be desensitized to the taboo. But like you just said, like, imagine, like the priests wearing the cloaks, like that's a dress, honey. (laughs) And then um, I'm just thinking about like um, famous pop stars that people of all backgrounds love who bend gender, like Mm -hmm. from Michael Jackson to Prince Prince. to Madonna to Lady Gaga, just, you know, people throughout history. There's so many examples Little um, Richard. <laughs> Little Richard. Like I just with your time. Yeah, and rock and roll. With your voice, you go high, it's feminine, you go low, it's masculine. With your your clothes and your makeup and your the way you move, it's all gendered, right? This is all Judith Butler, classic nineties queer, uh queer like gender performance studies. It's nothing new. We all know this. And so I'm like, you know, the people in power know this shit. They're not stupid, and they know how powerful we are. Um and they know what they're doing. And um it's it's just like they I'm gonna quote a a quote. A I'm gonna coin a phrase right here. Ready? I'm gonna call it the monopolization of of like gender performance, or of like the the monopolization, or like the hoarding of like only we can be gender fluid, and only we can be uh, gender binary. There's like this. There's like there's so much taboo around. Let me give you an example. When I'm me right now, without makeup on. My regular day-to-day life, how I can go out in the world and just walk up, wake up and walk out. I'm treated very differently than when I'm in drag. Yeah. Very differently. For many reasons. Um, As soon as I talk in drag, people treat me differently. Depending on how much I crease my eye or how much makeup I have on people. You know, there's so many nuances and little tiny things. And so it's like the ruling class and people in power from – priests to politicians to uh, pop stars, people who have power, cultural influence and power. Um, They know how to like perform their gender so well, whether it's deep in the binary of being a masculine male or deep in the binary of being a feminine woman or this blended mixture that sort of captivates people and, and hypnotizes people. But as soon as we do it, jail yeah. <laughs> jail honey mm-hmm. or you know criminalization um it's that's violent that's fucking violent mm-hmm. that's rude as hell like mm-hmm. that's not so lady gaga i'm challenging you to a gender performance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know you know i'm just
1: You're gonna lip sync for your lives with literally like <laughs> let's do I, yep. would,
2: I would love to lip sync against y'all because we would battle it out honey <laughs> battle for your life um yeah i i've been like thinking a lot about taboo and how much um there's like a th- in america we think very binary right like this or that one mm-hmm. or two mm-hmm. black and white gay straight it's just how we were raised like it's just the west it's a western way of thinking very binary way of thinking but it also makes sense in a human way like if it's not this then it's this right mm-hmm. so once you realize that or like can step outside of yourself and sort of see the grain, the more grayness of life or the actual. Yeah. Kamala Harris says she loves Venn diagrams. I love Venn diagrams too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Life is a lot of Venn diagrams over each other.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: And, and yeah, it's, it's really fun to talk about and play with gender and, and it scares people when you do that because then it makes them question themselves Mm -hmm. sometimes and what they believe and what they do. And that's why we get called heretic, or yeah, um, crazy, or psycho, or insane, mm-hmm. or irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could yeah. go on forever. I'm, I'm,
3: <laughs> I'm, you know, it's funny as you were talking. Um, I'm realizing like the the power that uh, toxic sort of religion has over people really stems from fear and shame and guilt,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: it seems to me that drag is subverting all of that and basically saying, I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid. I'm not guilty. Right. It's like a big middle finger, a big F you of like, you have no power over me. Right. There's nothing, there's nothing that you have over me. Right. And and, am I onto that? Is, is that kind of like, what's the spirit behind it? Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Absolutely.
2: And then that's, what's so beautiful as how my drag journey started was like I was in my home exploring myself and like in my safe space listening to my music making my persona how i wanted to craft her um and then you go out into the public and you go into the clubs and then you sort of re-enter the same space of it's different because like we enter these queer spaces um that are liberating but also so um political still at the same time and constraining and full of judgment and shame and guilt and a lot of people bring that there you know um, and power dynamics, you know, you're in a, an establishment selling alcohol and that kind of thing. And it's sad that that's a lot of our only queer safe spaces, our clubs and bars. So take care of yourself, people. Yeah. Um, um, but that's sort of my drag too, is like, people do not like my drag because <laughs> my drag is not conventional in the sense that like, I don't want to be this hyper feminized bimbo. And I say that with love, like just a, a feminine queen that just, you know, can dance. I want to talk. What did Angela Davis say? I, when we were with the girls, we were talking about Marx, Lenin and uh, whatever's you know, politics and theory and justice and fighting for the people. Like, then we can celebrate. Then we can dance. Then we can be free. Um, so I just want to bring and share that story with as many people as like, you don't have to judge. You don't have to carry the shame with you. Mm-hmm. Um I know it's hard, but it all comes back from like childhood. Everything stems from childhood. That's like where we learn everything. So mm. if you can go back to that person and you can, you can talk to them and nourish them and comfort mm-hmm. them. There's st- That's still you, baby. That's inside of you. Mm-hmm. Talk to that baby. That's that's you. And you can talk to your future self too. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a it's, I love thinking about life like that because you get to heal a lot when you do that kind of work. Yeah. Um yeah. I wanted to mention too, real quick, just how drag is sort of been co opted into this profitization right. machine. Mm-hmm. We talked about RuPaul a bit on the phone yesterday, Shonda. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing that RuPaul's platform has gotten to where it is. But as you can see, it's only gotten there because of money and like publicity and money and money and money, and money, 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 money. money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I just like, I also wonder at the same I'm like, how long can this go for? Like, this, this won't be here forever. I mean, it's there. Like, that shit will be running forever. It's online. We got that. Like, RuPaul will be around media wise forever. But, like, we need not just RuPaul, we need more than just one show on TV or, um, identity neoliberal representation politics within capitalist structures and fascist structures
5: mm-hmm.
2: that, um, are undoing work that's been done to uphold power and wealth in the hands of the few. RuPaul is an oil fracking yeah. <laughs> diva. <laughs> Love you mother Ru, but we got to get that oil farm off your hands. We don't want that. That's dirty. Yeah. Um, It's just shit like that. You know, like we, it's crazy like don't worship your idols <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all come to they all come right. to and that's why i am with gaga and these leaders i'm just like i love you all so much but i'm so sad because you hoard so much wealth and power um and i'm like give it up
5: mm-hmm. or
2: do something like yeah you can create these beautiful foundations that are doing good work but that's pennies at the end of the day. We need like material changes in the world. We need people not to go hungry at night. Mm-hmm. 20% of American youth go to bed hungry in the richest, quote unquote, richest country in yeah. the world. Um mm-hmm. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and, and thank you for all of that and um just I think for articulating and expressing how um our gender and um, resistance all, can all coexist. And, you know, I'm thinking about, yeah, people in power may or may not care sort of about gender binaries. I think some of them probably do. Um, I think some of them probably are are very persuaded uh, that gender binaries are a good thing, right, and, and create laws to keep that uh, in place. But kind of the everyday person um, who's not curious about um, breaking, breaking the binary. Um, you know, I, I encounter that quite a lot, right? The resistance and the fear around when people cross gender boundaries. So a, a somewhat shameful story from my childhood, I think it was probably nine or 10, like probably third grade in my church. My little Methodist kind of mild mannered church had some kind of fundraiser. For, I don't know what it was for, but there was a contest called the Mail. Contest. Mm -hmm. Basically all the men of the church dressed up and it was a fake beauty pageant. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my dad won.
5: Drag drag competition.
1: Amen. Yeah. My dad was like a fantastic Greek queen apparently um, back then. But I remember when I, at this age, I thought it was hilarious because they were being playful with gender, but Mm -hmm. in a parody. Not in a not in any kind of serious way, and it was drawing. Now I can see it was drawing on um, tropes about women
5: mm-hmm. that
1: these yeah. dads and husbands, um, you know, ost- ostensibly cis, cisgender straight men, um, were playing into and making fun of mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. this fundraiser. And I think I suggested this as a youth because we needed some kind of fundraiser. I was like, I remember this being really funny, and thank God whoever was like in charge of at the time was like, Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, kind of without shaming me about it, but it was like let's do like a car wash or something. <laughs> as well. But then you know, but 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 I can see just in this reflection, um, that my ten-year-old self was firmly entrenched in a binary sense of gender, which is why I found it so funny. You know, now I would find it pretty horrifying. But there's, there, I think, for a lot of people, there's this idea like when we when we bleed into categories that aren't um, the strict ones we know, that feels really threatening. And then people wrap that around in language of being sacred. Like, like no, no, your female body is sacred. And it is. Um, bodies are sacred, but not for the reasons that people think.
2: Right. It's like they get exactly they get to choose what is sacred, what is holy. And a budget is a moral document. Yeah. And priorities are your morals. Mm-hmm. Priorities are your values. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure what your actual question was there. <laughs> or like question, more just a, like, as
1: kind of a reflection yeah, on yeah. Like what feels scary, like why this feels scary to some people. Like the name in when I was a kid, the parody wasn't scary because we knew it was a parody. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, RuPaul yeah. before they went uh very mainstream when it was still like on oxygen, I think it was whatever it was on back in the day. Um they had a little segment called You've Got She Mail. And oh,
1: yeah, remember that, whatever
2: RuPaul can do it, whatever it was back in the day, but like that reminded me of that. But that's just something they changed in the theme song. They changed, um, uh, RuPaul says racers start your engines and may the best drag queen win, but they used to say gentlemen start your engines, may Uh the best woman win. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just it's like this is the irony of capitalism or the irony of this system that they've created it's like we're coming full circle and we're like okay you like you guys can do these things or like you can do whatever but as soon as um it's just okay so let's talk about what queer and what trans mean yeah like to be queer is to be non-heteronormative right To be trans is to be not cisgender. Cisgender being assigned the gender you were born or assigned at birth, being male or female, usually. Um, And there's, we've like reached this point with this binary of what woman means and what man means. And we have these unattainable goals on each side. (laughs) Mm
5: -hmm.
2: Unreal, like Photoshop, unrealistic, skinny. House down, boots, gaga, slay, we've yes, we've queen. All Every, seen the you know, movie. totally. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, love Barbie. <laughs> and it's getting worse and worse yeah. and worse. Like, it's just not going to get better, right? We've seen that, like, with the rise of media and the turn towards this tech world, <laughs> this techno fascist world we're living in. Um, how how do we tell my trans and our trans siblings that they're valid and safe no matter what level of transness they are because at the end of the day this queer label this trans label this label of whatever they've given me it's the label they gave me Mm
5: -hmm.
2: like Mm -hmm. I don't mind the word faggot but like I'm like very whatever about it because I'm like I don't know it's just like some people you know you can find empowerment in words and some people are proud of that or like many words from many different groups, right? I'm not going to speak on others that aren't my identity, but to me, I'm just like, you can call me a faggot. It doesn't piss me off. It might piss me off in a certain situation, but um, that's a that's a word and an identity given to me that I didn't ask for.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I'm almost to the point with my queerness and my whatever-ness, it, whatever it I'm not even going to claim that I'm trans because I'm not trans. Um, I don't even want to say that I'm non-binary because I, I don't, I don't want to take up space. That's not mine. I don't like these uh, English or Latin root words that describe me. I want to show you who I am with my art and my whatever. And I'll find the words when they come to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's good. This goes deep. It goes. It goes very deep. And it's scare. It's hard to think about. But like these are sacred topics of like finding who we truly are beyond capitalism, um, beyond where we are in history right now, what's been given to us, like returning to, um, our sacred roots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> you know, I really appreciate this because, so I was watching, um, uh, some of our listeners will know Alec Menon, who's kind of very famous in a lot of spaces, uh, navigating kind of transness, non binariness uh, working class POC identity and the mix of all of that. And they were, they were part of a panel and they were talking about um, how, you know, they were a huge hit on this stage because everyone was there to see them and thinks they're amazing. They have phenomenal fashion sense. And they were like, I want everyone here to think about the fact that it is safer for me to be on this stage than it is for me to walk down the street and the reason for that is I wear clothes that don't align with the gender other people are imposing on me but who decided that clothes have gender clothes don't actually have gender in the first place Keith earlier you were you were uh Message that you were noting the fact that we're talking yeah. about the founding fathers determining yeah. you know a certain gender construct. Yes. Well, they would in be the arrested. Of...
3: Yeah, they would be arrested under today's drag laws because they were wigs and makeup and and frilly frilly shirts and
2: and they locked themselves in that damn building for like two weeks to write a <laughs> shitty constitution. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ew. I just find that ironic, you know.
4: A hundred percent. So, in the midst of all of that. Um, a question I'm going to be asking everyone in this series is, so, Lady Dada Carly Marks, if you bumped into friend of the pod, Ron DeSantis, what would yeah. you have to say to him?
2: God. Not friend of the pod.
4: Not <laughs>
3: not I'm pretty sure he does not listen to this. Love yet. your But enemies. if you want to come
2: talk, come talk to us, honey. We got a lot to tell you because yeah. you're clearly not listening, Mr. DeSantis. That's right. We the people united will never be divided. Mm-hmm. It
5: mm-hmm.
4: turns out that those laws aren't actually don't have popular support in his state. It's mm-hmm. not like it's being done in any sort of democratic way because it's not a democratic. No, he's endeavor. he
2: is a populist candidate with uh he's counting his chickens before he's hatched. But he's yeah. let me yeah. give you my political analysis. <laughs> Donald has won. Donald has lost. Can you bleep the word? when i uh, when you edit <laughs> yeah, we'll this see, yeah. <laughs> Beep. um those Donald are the Puppets only curse words we're worried about on That's this right day. he has won he has lost we have we anything could happen yeah he his name is in the media every single fucking day every second he knows yeah. exactly what he's doing mm-hmm. he is a mastermind drag artiste at work mm-hmm. um Biden, I don't know what the hell is going on there, but Kamala loves Venn diagrams and she's a cop, (laughs) so I'm scared of her. (laughs) Um, Democrats, uh, whatever, the working class, the the people that I want to talk to, the people who are either voting um, on the right or voting for people who are conservative, in the middle, questioning, unsure. Just know that there is an alternative option, um, and I say alternative not in a charged sense because the right has stolen the alternative and, and now made us the alternative left for whatever reason. But let's get rid of left and right. Let's think outside of this binary, this box. Um, we just want resources. We want food, water, shelter, healthcare, the basics, mm-hmm. and then we can thrive. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. Truly.
4: Yeah, I love it. So you know, I just want—oh, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. I I just want to note that uh, Carly and I—not at the same time, but we both went to the same policy school—and we're completely representative of uh, the dynamics of that school. Um, you know, everybody there's a Marxist. Everybody there's trying to advocate for revolution. Was that your experience too?
2: Where fun <laughs> goes, where fun goes to die, right? <laughs> um, let me tell you, the fun did not die there. They tried to get it out of me. No kidding um but you know you chicago is a very deep sorry i don't want to name drop them but that school has a very deeply uh interesting history with their ties to the u.s government and some movements they've been a part of in suppressing people power and
4: dictatorships things like that yeah yeah you know yeah
2: economic you know right-wing economic policy just it's pretty scary um but I'm grateful for the – as a first-generation college student, I'm grateful for the opportunity for sure. um, and the, the networking and all that kind of stuff because I want to – we want to change the world. We want to do these things that people talk about. We want to end gun violence in America. We want to give people food. We want to get people in houses, the mm-hmm. things that need to be done that Christians say they're about.
3: Yeah. Yeah, healthcare and things like that. Yes.
2: Yep. feed the poor, take care of you know all the good stuff. Yeah.
3: Yep. So, um, at the beginning of the of the uh, episode, um, Carly, you mentioned that you had a big announcement, or we mentioned that there was going to be a big announcement, and uh, I think it may be about time. It feels like you're almost kind of you've been hinting, you've been leading us <laughs> kind of in a certain direction. What are you talking? So about? So, I I, I want to yes, give you an opportunity. Yes, I want to give you an opportunity. Um, to kind of make your big announcement, I'm sure a producer will drop in a drum roll. Drum roll at some point here, um, but we would love to hear what is the big announcement that you want to make. Now that we're the first ones, right? This is breaking news, first time ever, right?
2: Breaking news, folks! You heard it here first. Okay, Lady Carly Marks, Lady Carly Dada Marks the Third is running for <laughs> president of the United States of America. Woo!
4: Oh, yeah. I really hope there's a whole applause thing Woo-hoo. that gets added here. Woo! Yeah!
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. I live for the applause. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to announce and be here with you all. Um, Lady Carly Dada Marks is an American drag performer, painter, pop artist looking to change the world. And as a revolutionary optimist, my goal is to interpret the world and act with love. To actively change the world for the better, I believe in constantly taking risks, praying daily, and thinking creatively that inspiration can be found wherever you look. Mm. To find out more about my philosophy and how we plan to do this together, you can reach out on my website, www.ladymarx, M A R X. Get it? Like Karl Marx? yes Ladymarks.com. <laughs> Um I'm always active on the socials. Um, you can find the links in the show description later. And please reach out and talk to me. I love connecting and finding other artists who are doing similar work and just connecting the dots. People, let's let's get this revolution going.
3: Yes.
4: Are you available for uh, for gigs as well as for uh, campaign stops?
2: Sure. Let's do digital gigs. Any gigs. My time is uh, important, and yeah, you will not be disappointed in whatever you need from me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you- will deliver.
3: You've got my vote. <laughs> <laughs>
2: by the people for the people actually. Yes. And
5: you
1: Although, actually I mean, you can't technically run for 7 years, right? Isn't there a minimum age for
4: presidency?
2: Is there? Yep, I'm I'm like a uh, are you, are you how old am I? That
1: law?
4: Well, Lady Carly Marx is like, you know, 100 uh, over she's, 100 years old, right? Who, who that
2: she's been around nations. I say her spirit sort of Rose from the ashes of Stonewall and, and those ancestors yes. before us. She carries that flame in her, and she really pops off during June every month. I don't know why. you
4: Compton's. Anyhow, I, yeah.
3: yes, I think I think you should. Um, you know, you, you don't have to disclose your birth certificate. You can just like keep that to yourself <laughs> and make them make them fight. You know, to, to see your birth certificate to make sure that you that you qualify. That could be a good I thing. You could make that work. I
2: can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to play this game with them. They all love to play the game too. So I'm really excited because I feel like I know how they play it. I
4: yeah. love it. And you stand yeah. on the, I mean, I was saying you stand on the shoulders, but maybe you stand on the high heels of uh, yeah. giants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. You are not in fact the first drag queen to uh, troll uh, another president. Uh, and I feel like there's a good reason for drag queens to be running for office. Do you? Are you willing to share a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, there, there's you know a number of people doing what I'm doing. I am not, the, believe it or not, I am not the only Carly Marks in the world. When I started her back in 2018, I found people. I found a drag artist named Carly Marx with an I and Carly with an I and South Africa. Oh. I found someone in Maryland. Um, a couple others. I, it's just crazy. Like the world is so big, y'all. Yeah, I it's love it. so 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 big, and there's so many people out there. But. Um, my favorite and who I want to uplift and empower is Joan Jet Black. Um, oh, cool. They are a Chicago drag artist, and they ran in 1992 against uh, George H.W. Bush. And their slogan was Lick Bush in
5: 92.
3: Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Love it.
2: Yep. Lots more on them online, so check them out if you ever have time and want to see some fun stuff.
4: That is beautiful. Carly, this has been absolutely a joy. Thank you so much for joining us. Really grateful.
3: Yes, thank thank you. you. I'm honored. Yeah, amazing. Oh, wow. Carly Marks, huge fan. That was amazing. I feel so
1: communist now. (laughs) Exactly. I feel feel so (laughs) freaky now. I'm I'm, uh, proud. Also, I finally
4: know can vote for for president yeah yeah
1: that's right uh, finally, finally
0: yeah. a clear choice <laughs> I, I i wasn't on that interview and i'm i'm low-key embarrassed by how long it took me to um <laughs> understand carly marks the name and the significance of that uh-huh. i just want to confess my sins to you all
1: yes we, we <laughs> forgive you. We you if if any if anyone is also still thinking i don't really know it's okay um this is a podcast you're not being interviewed just Google Karl Marx and you're all of your, all of your dreams are going to come true right here um, in this podcast. With us. <laughs> That's right. I
0: was, um, this is a side note. I was listening to some of the, uh, the kind of man on the street thing, interviews that people do on, on TikTok, and someone was interviewing um, a, a Trump supporter and giving like Marxist economic theory. And the person was going along with it and agreeing with it. And it, I just thought it was really ironic that, you know, you can you can put out that theory to some people and they'd be vehemently against the name, but then yeah. they agree with all the things that that yes, thing is.
1: That's right. Oh, that happens. Well, we want to hear what you think about this. And actually, I want to hear what everyone's secret drag name is. So come to our Facebook group, Heresy After Hours, and please post that for us. Um, please don't dress and drag unless you know what you're doing, because this is an art form. Um, But I do want to know your drag name. Uh, So yeah, we have a free Facebook group. It's called Heresy After Hours. Uh, Put it into your Google search. It'll come up right away and come talk, have banter, talk about the episode um, all there together. Heretics, deconstructing and reconstructing.
4: And, while you're hanging out with your fellow heretics, if you'd like to invest in the uh, the folks who are trying to bring a little bit of joy, a little bit of play, a little bit of spirituality into your deconstruction journey, we would love to see you over at Patreon. One of the big incentives for going over there uh, right now is we are each interviewing each other so you can hear some stories from us. Uh, that you wouldn't normally get to hear on this show. I got a chance to interview Keith and learned so much and had so much fun doing it. I think you'll enjoy learning even more from him as well. Um, Also, if we hit the right number of patrons, did I hear the rumor correctly, Matt, that uh, you're going to get a tattoo of the Heretic Happy Hour logo? (laughs)
0: Yeah, if, if we can get to 100 patrons and hold that for at least a month, you can't just sign up and then drop off and see if you get a <laughs> <All> tattoo, <right? laughs> All right. We ain't playing. So, Wait, will there got...
4: be live footage? I just realized that might be a
0: huge yeah, incentive. Yeah, sure. I will, uh, I will, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Is, Is
4: this
1: just it's, like the letters? Or are you going to get our faces? So, <laughs> face no, it's a face tattoo. <laughs> That's yeah, what I heard. heard you. It's a face tattoo. Stop yeah,
0: it. I'm a, I'm gonna go I'll post Malone on everyone. Or neck, uh, you know. neck tattoo. Like right No, there. I will get the logo, the the OG logo. Yes. Okay.
3: The beard. The, uh, New
0: across, New across, no, I'll do the, I'll do all the face cartoons across my lower back. <laughs> <a>
3: tramp stamp. <laughs> tramp stamp. The tramp stamp.
0: No, I won't do that. I'm not gonna do that. But I will get the logo <laughs> tattooed somewhere. I don't know where yet. I don't have a lot of room yet. I mean, there's some room some places, but I'm yeah
3: well i might There's not no be able to live stream that on tiktok this. we don't want to ruin your love life either
0: <laughs> yeah and i don't want to violate terms and conditions of social media so that's
5: right <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the, if we did if we had 100 patrons I, I i i will get the tattoo i
4: feel like that is incentive enough I y'all sign up Sign up.
0: Sign up. Come on. We're we're this not that commitment. far away. Wait, I, we've so this, demonstrated this,
4: our commitment, listeners. Well,
0: Matt has yeah, demonstrated Matt's
1: commitment. Your, that's listeners that's you have
5: to
0: Matt's I don't know about y'all, but I have.
5: Here.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can confirm that here on the air. So as we sign out, just keep that in mind.
5: hmm
0: Oh, what? Oh. <laughs> God. It... God damn it. Who's your producer? Who's producing it...
3: this? Who's producing this? <laughs> that's thank you, Barrett. Yeah, it's Barrett. that's Barrett Johnson. Barrett.
0: Yeah, hey, dude, the whole confused. band was yeah too confused. Come on, Barrett,
3: wake
4: up. <laughs> well, now I'm thinking about whether I would get a tattoo if we went to two hundred patrons.
0: Two hundred would have to be a good one.
1: Two hundred. Yeah. For for those tattoos, we might need a monetary.